Good morning, Beacon. Thank you. Yeah, and welcome to the first in our new series on Joseph. It's going to be a few weeks looking at Joseph's story from the book of Genesis. We call it Faith Like Joseph, and there's a lot we can learn here that speaks into our immediate uh, situation, and we just felt it was just really important just to dive into his story and see what God wants to speak to us right here and right now. Because in this current season, Joseph's story it speaks into many aspects. It speaks into the issue of facing isolation, speaks into uh, living in events that are so massively out of our control, um, speaks into fighting temptation when we're within that pressure pot as well. There's so many things and we trust that this series is going to encourage us, uh, is going to stretch us to grow and to flourish as a result. Today, this first one, I'm going to be talking about dreaming big dreams. We are in this current set of circumstances that on the news, and in those exponential graphs, maybe you can't take your eyes off, or across our quiet streets, it can all seem very alien. It can all seem pretty scary, pretty unnerving. It can feel pretty uncomfortable, possibly. Now, dreams, they always take us to another place, don't they? Whether that's dreams at night, or daydreaming, those in the realms of fantasy, or maybe it's just simply about Vision, that's a whole other kind of dream. Instead of a realm of fantasy, that's about a realm of a better future. And Joseph's story is going to teach us much about dreams in terms of how we can dream well with and for Jesus. And that's what we're going to look at today. So if you want to turn with me to Genesis chapter 37, the words are going to come on your screen anyway, but if you want to pick up your Bible and read with me, then please do. It's Genesis chapter 37, and we're going to read the first 11 verses. Let's see what they say, and let's discover what God wants to say to us through that. Genesis chapter 37 verse 1 says this. Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pastoring the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colours. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brother said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him, even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the saying in mind. Well, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. He's a bit of a spoiled brat, isn't he? He's a right old tattletale. He's telling on his brothers in verse 2 of bringing a uh, bad report of them to his father. Uh, he's a proper big mouth, isn't he? Later on, he has these dreams and he says to his brothers, you'll never guess what my dreams told me. This young lad cannot read the room. 
his dad's favourite as well. He's been given this robe of many colours and all these things combined just mean he is just hated by his older brothers. His, uh, Joseph is immature. Joseph has many rough edges. But he is clearly two other things as well. He's clearly a dreamer. It's very obvious. He's also clearly a prophet. Um, we get to discover, with the benefits of hindsight, reading, continuing the story in Genesis, we get to find out that uh, these dreams do come true. These are prophetic dreams. But we also get to find out, we'll come to it in a few weeks' time, Genesis chapter 50, even on his deathbed, Joseph prophesies about the exodus of God's people hundreds of years later. This guy's not just a dreamer, he is a prophet. It's going to take 22 years just for these particular dreams to be fulfilled. But as that story unfolds, we're going to discover why God gave Joseph these prophetic dreams. I don't want to give away everything that happens if you don't already know, but this whole story does give us two things to fix our eyes on. Firstly, the nature of the man. We get to discover what God wanted to do in Joseph and therefore what he wants to do in us. The nature of the man, but we're also going to look at the nature of the dreams themselves because then we can ask how can we know our dreams are God ones? A bit like these ones here. If we do have dreams that we believe are godly dreams, how can we be sure they are God's dreams? Let's first look, let's look at the first one of those. Let's look at the nature of the man. Because we've just described Joseph's many foibles, haven't we? He had a robe of many colours, but he has a heart of many blemishes. And yet God still intended to use him despite his many faults. Remember, these dreams are not for immediate use. They're going to be 22 years before these are fulfilled. So why has God given him these dreams now? I suggest it's this, because we're also going to see Joseph change during that period. But we're also going to see a nation changed as a result. We're going to learn that God has plans for Joseph, but also for the nation of Egypt, and also for his own people within that situation. And in the same way, God has bigger plans for us than just our creature comforts. His better purposes always far eclipse us having an easy ride. This is about patience, this is about endurance, this is about not letting go of the dreams that God may give us despite what we encounter. And in this current crisis we're in, it may end up feeling quite long. It may already be feeling quite long. March was a very long decade, wasn't it? But hear this, it will be over. It is not forever. And we will get to look back and get to see far more fully what God has been up to in the midst of all this turmoil and the trials that we've been facing. We can be confident in him as we persevere and as we trust him. We may meet some opposition along the way. We shouldn't be surprised by that. We're going to see later on in verse 20 here that Joseph's brothers, they gang up on him. Partly fueled by dad's favouritism, but actually primarily because of Joseph's dreams. And if we are submitting to seeking out God's promises, God's dreams for our nation, for our neighbourhoods, there can and most likely will be opposition at some point. Because our battle is not a physical one, it is a spiritual one as well. And God gives us dreams to help us endure, to help us stand firm, to help us remain faithful. It's not our self-determination that gets us through. It's not our sense of inner strength that gets us through. That's, that's not what we find the, the ability to endure. What does get us through is trusting a God who promises great things despite how the situation currently appears. And so we have opportunity to cling to the dreams 
that God has given us. And we get opportunity to allow him to change us in the process. We usually end up discovering that God wants us to be partners in the solution to the situation he presents, that he wants to redeem. He wants us to be part of that answer. God wanted to use Joseph majorly in his future plans, but he has some work to do in the young man first. And so when God gives us a promise, when God gives us a dream, it is not solely for us to kick our shoes off, sit back and wait for stuff to happen. It is for the good of those who love them. It is for the blessing of those around them, which can include some uncomfortable stretching and stepping out on our behalf. When God gives us dreams, it's because he wants to do something in us first before he enacts the other stuff as well. We need to remember that. It's about the nature of the man as well. And so, what about the nature of the dreams themselves? How can we ever know that our big dreams are God's dreams? Because I have many dreams. I dream a lot, particularly at night. Most of you know I, I love my films, and they, they feed my dreams. I have great storylines of amazing punchlines at the end. They really surprise me. It's brilliant. I had a dream just a few weeks ago in a bar fighting some assassins, and they fired a heat-seeking missile at me from about 30 feet away. I had no chance. I caught the missile, turned it round, threw it back at them, won the day. Yes, it was amazing. Pretty sure that's not a dream I'd like to see happening in real life. What we're talking about here is something entirely different and fundamental in weight. Dreaming godly dreams is very different to daydreaming. We'll just say that again. Dreaming godly dreams is very different to daydreaming. Joseph later on is going to end up in slavery and imprisonment in a faraway land. He's going to be forgotten. He's going to be subjected to sexual harassment in the workplace and so on. During those moments, during those seasons... Joseph would be very tempted to just dream of being whisked back home, isn't he? His dreams from God were not easy in their birthing. But imagine what his daydreams would have been like. He'd have been dreaming of instant release. He'd have been dreaming of instant vindication from accusations. He'd have been dreaming of his brothers staging a heist to break him free and then say sorry with the world's biggest party. It doesn't actually solve anything. That kind of dreaming just makes you more frustrated. Daydreaming isn't the answer. Instead, the answer is in clinging to a vision of the future that God had gifted him with. And the same goes for us. The answer is in clinging to a vision of the future that God has gifted us with. Our own daydreams will always be the comfortable, most preferable options. Being a published author or having a music career, or having a large house, or retiring early, or moving abroad, or all your neighbours becoming Christians overnight, or Beacon getting a massive building and the crowds come flocking. Those kind of dreams are pretty instant, or they're safe, they're exciting and easy. They're always about fun without the fire, aren't they? We want to be strong without being stretched. We want the results without us necessarily being part of the answer of them. God's dreams go far deeper and far longer than that. God's dreams are for the purpose of change in us and the people around us, far more than simply in circumstances. Even 2,000 years ago, Israel's big dreams were for a Messiah who would ride in on his steed as a warrior and would destroy their enemies with his army. God's fulfilled dream instead was for his own son Jesus to come in weakness and humility and die upon a Roman cross for all of mankind. Very, very different. Our fleshly dreams 
can never compare to God's better ones. And so, what might godly dreams look like for you and me? Maybe you have had a specific dream from God that you know he has spoken to you about and you have prayed through and chewed over with other mature Christians, for example. Maybe it's something about church planting. God is birthing a place in you and you feel one day, you don't know when, you're called to be planting a church in that place or to be part of a team or whatever. Maybe God has um, birthed a dream in you about meeting a particular need in your neighbourhood or in our town. Maybe it's something about technological innovation or the arts, reaching hearts in a new way. If that, is, if that is you, if you have received that kind of dream, just because it hasn't been fulfilled yet doesn't mean he's forgotten. We can disqualify ourselves from what God has planned for us, but God never changes his mind. If it hasn't happened yet, it doesn't mean he's forgotten you. Just maybe there's something else he wants to do in you first. But what about the rest of us? Maybe if we haven't had that kind of dream. Well, we all do have big promises in the Bible that we can cling to. Saving the lost. 1 Timothy chapter 2 says that it is God's will that all people will be saved. Not all are going to accept that invite. God does allow choice, free will to be involved there. But his big dream is that all people will be saved. And we can ask, how can I step into God's big dream for the lost? What part can I play? What does he want to do in me to get there? Or church building. Jesus said, I will build my church. And he's continuing to do so. And he's never going to let go of that. That's his big dream. What part, we can ask, what part does God want me to play in seeing his dream for his church be fulfilled? God wants us to love him with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. That's his big dream for us. He wants us to love our neighbours. That's his big dream for us. He wants us to love one another. That's his big dream for us. These are his big dreams. What might that really look like if I fully stepped into what he had in store for me? I've got to ask these questions. These are big dreams that we can step into and embrace. Can we ever outdream God? Good question, Steve. Well, remember, daydreaming is always about the easy fixes, isn't it? But we can ask, while honouring God's intention, that he wants to work within us as much as outside us, we can ask, what can I yearn for that is beyond me? What might God be planting in my heart for his glory and our growth? And it's there that we find biblically framed dreams that can only come true if God was in the mix. We can't outdream God. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says this. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. To him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. We can ask big dreams in God because he's always capable of outstripping them. Let's just ensure that our hearts are open to him starting the hard work in us first. And that we are truly seeking Jesus' fame and benefits and not ours. And let's dream big dreams. Just after uh, our Enough back in March, our Enough prayer night, uh, Vanessa Sabitsky um, messaged us as a team with something that God, had, she sensed God had put on her heart. And I thought it was really appropriate, really poignant for this. And I just want to read it out to you now. Uh, this, these are Vanessa's words. This is what she said. She said, uh, she sensed God was saying this. This time of stillness doesn't have to be stagnant and consumed by sickness. 
It can be refreshing and replenishing. A time to listen to God, to seek his heart for our town and his, his vision for our future. This can be a time of Sabbath. We're forced off the hamster wheel, the daily grind cannot consume us and we have unhurried time and abundant space to fix our eyes on Jesus and rest in the goodness of God. I felt such comfort that God has an exit strategy for this situation and that we can use this time to prepare ourselves for the work that will come afterwards. God has plans to redeem this situation. He can overcome the darkness, he can bring healing to the broken and he can bring order to our chaos. There is a place to work right now for some of us. We're still working from home, some of us more than ever. But we do still have these limitations. But there will come a time when the shackles come off, when we get to regather together, when we get to hug one another, when we get to sing en masse together in the same room, when we get to congregate around the communion table together, when we get to celebrate Jesus as we baptise new believers in public, when we get to lay hands on and commission individuals for great work beyond Beacon's immediate borders, and so on and so on and so on. That time is coming. These times aren't easy. But God has given us personal and universal big dreams for us to cling to, us to seek out. So I just ask, let us all fix our eyes on Jesus, who began our story and who will complete it, who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. And let us dream big dreams in him and see what he does. Will you join me? Let me just pray. Yeah, Father, we thank you that you are a God who is far more able to fulfil anything we can even possibly imagine we know you have big plans for us as your people here in home bay we know you have big plans for our town we know you have many people in this town <laughs> who have <laughs> you uh you, you you want to draw it into your family lord we pray that that will be sooner rather than later we know you have big plans for us in how we flourish as your people and how we love one another may you show us how we can make a difference how we can step up there if necessary how we can do things differently we want to learn lord we want to see more of your dreams for us and for your for this town and for this nation. Lord, we ask for this nation. We, we, we know this nation is crying out for someone who they haven't met yet. Lord, we know we are part of that solution. You are sending us to preach the good news. Help us to step into that dream of yours. Lord, help us to know if you have specific dreams for us in our streets, in our homes, in our neighbourhoods, in our town. If there's anything specific you want to birth in us, we open ourselves up to you right now. We say, Lord, will you start something new? If you want to speak to us right now, will you birth something right now? And for those of us that have already had something birthed, Lord, will you continue to speak to us? Will you continue to shape it? Will you continue to introduce the right people and the right conversations to help shape that along the way? Lord, and in the right time, we look forward to that bearing great fruit. Lord, you are a great God and we celebrate you and we love you and we offer ourselves up to you as we dream big dreams. We just want them to make sure that they are yours. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.